What is going on, Sooner Nation? Listeners of the Barry and Mac Show, we have a special holiday Thanksgiving treat to add to the feast this week. We are offering some VIP discussion from Sooners360.com each and every week. As is needed, we will do what's called a Sooners 360 Recruiting Roundtable, where we discuss visits, commits, uh, prospects that are still uncommitted, and a bunch of other interesting details, all of the situations pertaining to Oklahoma football recruiting, roster management. Uh, In this episode, everyone got together and we had some great discussion. Wanted to let you all listen in today. Uh, make sure you go rate and review the show, The Barry and Mac Show. Go follow the Sooners 360 podcast and make sure you're tuning in each and every week for the Blitz period with Jalen Ross and follow us on the social media. But I'm going to leave it at that. You all enjoy this and have a blessed Thanksgiving. What is going on, everybody? Have we got a special one in store for you? This is the inaugural, I guess since it's football related, we'll call it the kickoff of the first ever Sooners 360 Roundtable. Everybody here is a part of the uh, site, Sooners360.com, working to be the leading source for recruiting news, analysis of of your Oklahoma Sooners and, and football and other athletics. Um, It it is definitely a mission of ours to provide you with the absolute best, most unfiltered, but true, honest, unbiased content we can can bring you. Uh, Just wanted to give the rundown so everybody knows uh, who's here. You might recognize uh, recognize my voice. I'm Barry from the Barry and Mac Show. Also have uh, Damien along, but maybe some guys you might not know. Uh, Chris Mason, who is the uh, uh, recruiting analysts over there at Sooners 360. Uh, Also have Caleb Cummings um, offering fantastic insight when it comes to to player evaluations. And uh, Matt Burns and uh, Kyle Dahlgren, uh, that they helped uh, with the spearheading of the site, uh, that they are are big contributors over there. And, And we just are excited to get this thing off and running. Uh, so there might be, you know, we'll see how the roundtable goes today. But I don't want to waste anyone's time. OU had a pretty important weekend, and that weekend led to uh, some action. And I'm, I'm going to throw it to Chris to uh, give us a rundown. Chris, we had some uh, important additions to the 23 class. So well, why don't you go ahead and give us some insight? Uh, thanks, Barry. Uh, as we mentioned on the recruiting podcast that we recorded last week, a uh, quick plug for that, the 360 recruiting podcast. Uh, oh, you had a big recruiting weekend, a lot of unofficial visitors, official visitors. And right now, OU has gotten two public new commitments going from taking the class to 22 commitments. Uh, one from Ashton Sanders, defensive tackle from uh, California. And then the newest one today, this afternoon, from Tyler Wine, a defensive end from Tennessee. And it's fairly well known as a third commitment coming. Uh, We've seen it from J.R. Sadlin. The OU recruiting coordinator has put it out on Twitter. And it's most people, folks, most folks believe that's going to be Kendall Dolby from from NEO, the Juco DB. So I'd just like to open up to the group. Uh, Caleb, could you? I'm going to put, send it over to you first. Could could you talk a little bit about 
Uh, Ashton Sanders, I know we've discussed a lot on the message board about him. I'd, I'd like to hear your your initial view on him. Yeah, absolutely. No, we've probably gone back and forth a little bit on him trying to get an idea. Is a guy that came out really late, right, for uh, for OU IDing him. He was formally committed to Cal, chose Cal over Wisconsin. Uh, you know, you look back at him and, and, and kind of what what uh, Barry, you know, did on the board and looked at some of his social media and, and you see a kid that as a sophomore was 350 pounds, uh, made some some really drastic changes to just his nutrition and his fitness. Like he said somewhere that he played his junior year at 330 pounds, uh, checked in his senior year, 297 pounds. Uh, so you're talking about a kid that lost over 50 pounds, uh, probably an 18 month time span. Uh, and, and, you know, last we'd heard was somewhere in the neighborhood of 280 pounds. And you really see that when you watch his film, he's a little bit short, right? A little on the shorter side, listed anywhere from six, three, six, two, you know, I think you know how those go might really be six, one, uh, somewhere in that, in that range, but he's long armed. Uh, he's got really good length. Uh, so you see with that, he's carried weight in the past. He's got the frame to carry more weight. But one of the things you notice really kind of jumps out is for a kid in the neighborhood of, you know, 6'2", 290 pounds playing his senior year at, he's really athletic. They line him up uh, really at defensive end, nose guard, defensive tackle. He's making plays. He's pushing the pocket. He runs well, moves well. He's got his feet aren't that of a, of a heavy kid. Uh, right. I know he's talked about that, that dropping that weight really uh, has changed uh, his athleticism. And you see that on tape. And I think a lot of us saw, you know, Mark, uh, Caden McDonald, rather, when he chose Ohio State, the first thought is, what's Oklahoma going to do for a nose guard in this class? And uh, they turned to him uh, and they turned to Ashton Sanders. And with him, I think you get more than a nose guard. You get a kid that can play the nose. He can play that one or that zero technique because uh, he's a big, strong kid. But he's also an athletic kid. Be really disruptive, get upfield. I think he'll have to spend some time, you know, continue to get stronger, continue to reshape his body. Uh, you know, you hope maybe Oklahoma goes to the portal uh, or, you know, or co be the best option returns for another year. But I think they've got a good, uh, a, you know, a really good football player. That's something BV talks a lot about. Right. And you, you can see that there's video of him online rallying his team late in the fourth quarter. He's on the stand on the bench. He's yelling at everybody, getting them up. You know, you know they've got to have a stop to win, you know, a key game to get to the playoffs. So, you know, I think one of the things BB really excels at, right, is, is finding guys that are football players. And I think Ashton Sanders fits that mold. Yeah, I, I would agree. He's, I think, considering where they were with really no other nose guard offers out there except for Hayden McDonald, and really they made an attempt at Amori Washington for a while. And, and I still don't quite understand what's gone on with Marcus Deal's recruiting. He's now committed to TCU as an offensive lineman. So really a quick response from OU in terms of needing, you know, you, you look at the depth chart, and we're going to talk about it later. Um, you look at the depth chart, OU has like no def young defensive tackles or nose guards right now, really. Uh, you've only got Alton Tarber, and really that's about it. So OU's got to build some depth there. I'm just going to throw a name out there being from the Atlanta area and want to see if you guys can maybe see this. You know, Grady Jarrett really fits this size profile. The I'm not saying he's going to become an old, you know, that Ashton Sanders is going to become an old pro defensive tackle, but 
you know, Grady Jarrett was from Clemson. He was, you know, he was a third, fourth round pick. He was about 6'1", 295 coming out of, out of Clemson. And I kind of see some similar, perhaps future, you know, I think, you know, if you want to talk about a high end uh, ceiling for, for Sanders, you know, Bates is the guy that created Grady Jarrett. So, you know, I think there's a, there's, there's a possibility, you know, that Sanders could have a really high profile for you. No, that's a really good call out. Yeah. Uh, you know, to, to that point, I think on the board, I mentioned one of the comps, you know, for what I saw in, in Ashton Sanders was another Clemson guy, Tyler Davis, who is, you know, I think to your point, I think Grady Jarrett, 6'1", 300 pounds. Uh, Tyler Davis, who's been what will be a four-year starter for Clemson, you know, came in, started as a true freshman. He's in that 6'1", 6'2", 300 pounds. Uh, you know, it's it's one of those things, right? When I saw that he was actively Wisconsin was one of his, one of his primary schools. You know, immediately, okay, he's strong and he can probably hold the point of attack because that's what Wisconsin is going to recruit for a nose guard in a three four in the Big Ten. Like that's just what they do, and you know that. And it's kind of the same thing. You give you give BV the benefit of the doubt. He really likes the kid. He talked about him in a passive way at one of the pre- uh, news conferences right last week. Uh, and you know, there's certain guys it's like, you know, Ohio state's recruiting a defensive end, like, Oh, he can probably play, you know, Iowa recruits it to offensive tackle guy. He can probably play and kind of similar here. You know, you see that on the tape. Hey, Damien, obviously, oh, you going back to California. How much do you, uh, how much do you like to see the Sooners do that? So Cal and no Cal are two different States. It's kind of, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> we, we, we got a civil war going on in Cali. So, uh, no, nah, I'm on, no, no, Kicks, kicks and giggles, man. He's a good kid. Uh, he, it feels good to continue to have that left coast uh, thing. Uh, you know, cooking, it matters. It matters. It mattered to us to know that there were some guys, you know, they, they had to let us know that the, uh, the fur coat came from Cali. I didn't know. I didn't know that <laughs> Holloway and them boys and how they was getting down. You know what I'm saying? They let, they made it very clear to us, you know, Cali swag was important to Barry Switzer. And, uh, obviously Blake was who recruited us and Bob used it too. I always want to make sure you got some of that West Coast cooking. Uh, you know, they bring a little different flair, a little different energy. Uh, and, 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 you know, we, we got some of our guys be a little, uh, you know, diva, evil maniac, but we got a lot of good production out of Cali. Right? You talk about Tony Jefferson, you talk about Kenny Steele, you talk about Lance Mitchell, obviously Roy and myself. I mean, you know, a lot of guys have helped uh, the Sooners the last 20 years. So shout out to the young kid. Uh, his film looks really good. Looks like a humble guy. I look forward to seeing him rocking the crimson and cream. Yeah, because I was a little concerned, uh, you know, after Lincoln left, it, it looked like the left coast was kind of falling off with this recruiting, you know, with this with this new staff. They weren't going to be recruiting uh, the left coast anywhere near as much. You know, we, you know, we obviously lost the, the, the California verbals uh, that was sort of tied to Lincoln and tied to uh, Malachi Nelson. So I was actually really happy to see uh, us getting Ashton Sanders uh, from the California area. Hey, hey, Chris, since you mentioned him, let's close this class out. So this will be two for two on us uh, going out and showing them we know how to recruit defensive players and that they'll come to Oklahoma. Yeah, definitely. Uh, has everybody had a chance to see uh, Taylor Wine's high school video, his senior year highlights? Because you know, I really felt like losing Colton Vasek was uh, was a was a huge blow. Recruiting momentum was like nil. Then you take a look at Taylor Wine's video, and you're wondering: Is did OU just find Colton Vasek again in Tennessee? <laughs> 
I don't think it's quite to to that extent. Yeah, to piggyback that, I I kind of thought the same thing. Right, I was as big a fan of Vasic as anyone, probably. Uh, I, I think the first thought when I saw Taylor Wine's film was, okay, what's wrong? Why hasn't Tennessee offered? Why hasn't you know Georgia Tech offered? Why hasn't South Carolina offered? Like, what what do I not know about this about this kid? Uh, because it is really good film. Uh, six five, you know. 230-ish, somewhere in there, can bend, can run, just really natural, kind of loose-hipped, athletic kid that can rush the passer, uh, and just a really good football player when you watch him. He's got some subtle things about him. Uh, it's kind of, yeah, really surprising to find a kid that good late. Yeah, I was very happy to see both Cincinnati and Kentucky offer him, just just having some respect for, for you know, Luke Fickle, the way he runs his defense. And, you know, Mark Stoops has had some challenges this year, but, you know, that Kentucky program has been producing NFL defensive linemen. Yeah. And, you know, I think honestly, like give Brent, give, give BV all the credit in the world. Uh, I, you know, you listen to his press conference, was it two, three weeks ago? And he talked about challenging the staff to find kids and how the transfer transfer portal had changed things and how recruiting being sped up had changed things. And how staffs, you know, aren't watching senior film anymore like they did once upon a time and hunting for these kids. They're, you know, by the time August rolls around, they're looking to the next class. Okay. You know, we've got these guys, we've got our targets and, and they're not paying attention. And, uh, you know, that's how, you know, that's how every uh, every NFL draft, every April, you see guys coming out of colleges, you know, like I think one of the, the comps I gave for like a really high-end comp was Max Crosby. And it's how a guy like Max Crosby comes out of whatever central Michigan or Eastern Michigan. And you're like, where'd this kid come from? Uh, it's kind of the same thing, right? Just gets overlooked. Uh, but yeah, he's got all the tools there. Probably needs some time to develop, get stronger, get thicker in the upper body. But like I mentioned in this, in this film, one of the things that just sticks out is just really natural football player, you know, kind of, a, I know he doesn't play linebacker, but there's a lot of, you know, just see ball, get ball, you know, it just has a way of, uh, you know, turn his shoulders, get, get, get his hips flipped, get turned inside, you know, beat just naturally beat the tackle, beat the tight end to the outside, turn the corner, drop his shoulder and, and just, you know, kind of, I don't know if he's been like coached really well to do those things. A lot of it just looks like it's just what he does to go make a play. And it's just a kid playing football. And uh, yeah, again, I think that's something that this staff, you know, I think the previous staff really put a lot of emphasis on checking height, weight, speed metrics, uh, and maybe not as much on the football tape, if we're being honest. Uh, and I think this staff, you know, I think they do want those height, weight, speed metrics, but they want football players. And I think uh, you definitely get that with with wine. And Kate, to, to, to oh, touch on, on that point, to touch on that point uh, on, you know, wine's tape, one thing that jumped out to me is you can tell his eyes are locked in on the play. You know, they, he's not wandering. He's not um, worried about his assignment right in front of him. He's watching the ball, um, which is one thing that I think Grinch didn't really recruit or evaluate that trait that well. Um, and then on with Sanders, if we circle back to him real quick, kind of similar situation. You know, he he pops on tape as a football player, but sometimes, you know, how do you quantify that? Well, with him... You know, they're playing good opponents. They're playing Garfield, Sarah, LaSalle, Downey, Loyola. Those are all good L.A. high schools. He, uh, 
led the team with almost seven tackles a game. He had 10 sacks over the season, you know, predominantly lining up in the middle. Um, they credited him with 56 quarterback hurries over the, the season, which, you know, it's high school sure stats, they, but I'm not sure how they got to that stat, but okay. Right. But, you know, you watch the tape and he's, he's disruptive and causing chaos in the backfield. Um, you know, and he had also uh, 22 credited tackles for loss. So, you know, I think with both those guys, you have true football players as opposed to pure athletes. Yeah, it's it's funny. Sanders also has one uh, uncredited block punt from his uh, senior year highlights. Um, it's just crazy watching him blow, you know, accelerate from the edge and block a punt when he was, you know, 6'2", 295. I mean, that's just crazy. Chris, do you know, is Wine going to be an early enrollee? Based upon some interviews that have been posted by some other sites, it looks like he's not enrolling early. That's a little bit of a blow. Holton Vasek was going to be an early enrollee. Um, so I, I think that probably puts puts him onto, on, onto Barry's evaluation list of probably a red shirt. But, you know, he's... He's a talented guy. OU needs defensive end. We know we need defensive end depth. So I think making any defensive end a red shirt right now is probably, you know, premature until we perhaps see what what arrives in the portal. And what's good about Wine too? He he plays a lot of that four tech uh, in high school. Um, so familiar with that position. If Venables does want to go with a little bit more of that thirty front, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, so let's move on to the, the third commit. We don't know who that is, but the internet seems to think it's going to be Kendall Dolby from NEO, the JUCO DB. Now, I have an NEO source I've worked with for about 25 years. He says that Dolby is one of the best players coming out of NEO in that entire time frame. That he's probably the best guy from NEO in the last 10 years. Uh, a tremendous teammate, tremendous player. He just won the Defensive Player of the Year for his JUCO conference. He's just a sen- and if you watch him on film, he's just a sensational-looking physical DB. And if some of the if some of the departure NFL departures occur that we think might occur, Woody Washington, I think there's a good chance for for Dolby to make his way into the into the two deep from the moment he gets on campus. And I'm I'm pretty sure he's a Mid-year, mid-year graduate. Yeah, no, I see the exact same thing with him. It's funny, uh, you know, following football for as long as we all have, right? You, you kind of see some patterns and Dolby just looks like that kid that, you know, junior college kid kind of pops on the scene late, shows up to insert, you know, uh, top 25 program, starts for two years, leaves, goes to the NFL, third round pick, fourth round pick hangs around the NFL for six, six years, you know, just that type of, he's, you know, uh, good length, explosive, that's your point, physical, uh, you know, it's a, it came kind of back to what we talked about a little bit with Grinch, like for a guy that recruited height, weight, speed, you, you don't see like the twitchiness out of the DBs uh, and with the way that, that Venables likes to run uh, zone coverage. And you see that with, with Dolby, you know, he can put his foot in the ground and drive on a ball and he's a physical kid. Uh, I think he'll come in. If, if he is the guy, I think he'll come and have a great chance to start. Although I will say uh, Gentry Williams looked just watching him on Saturday. He's going to be very, very good. 
so it's, uh, it's, I think everybody knows that, but just, just watching the move under control, confident. He, yeah, I, I think the OU secondary is, uh, you know, is looking good in the future. And it'll be, it'll be interesting to see what, what they add in this class uh, at safety, possibly. Hey, Kobe, let me say this too. Let me say this because I, I, I think maybe your casual armchair Sooner fans are thinking about the weekend and obviously some of the rumors going around and some of the guys that were in town. You got Bowen in town, you got Hicks in town, you got Sanford in town. And then I think it's, you know, two, three stars and a, and a Juco kid. What most people aren't realizing is what, what Coach, Coach V is doing is that random Texas Tech game when Woody gets hurt. And you know what I'm saying? A holding pulls a hamstring and then they bring in this DB and all of a sudden we have an eyesore and they're picking on us and they're kicking our ass. Generally, we didn't have depth to have two, three, four, five guys who could line up and then go make a play and play winning football. What I see as the biggest, uh, you know, response to the momentum from the weekend is we just got better with depth. Maybe, maybe Kobe doesn't hit the ceiling that he has. And we don't know if his ceiling is even on a Sunday, but let's just say his ceiling all, all conference. He never hits it, but he comes into the program mature, hungry. He comes into the program with a, a bit of a, a pedigree of playing on Saturday. And he's, he's sitting behind a guy like a Gentry, right? Gentry comes and starts next year, or maybe Woody comes back holding. We figure out what's going to happen with him, but he's got depth of guys who play winning football ahead of him. When his turn is called and he's asked to go in the game, we're not going to have to worry about a pitfall of talent, which, by the way, we've seen by and large for the last over a decade in certain positions. There's been certain times where we just haven't had depth right now. It's Becker and Dean, just saying. So I think when we look at these players and obviously you guys are going to be looking at the analytics and the metrics and the and then the hips and the flips and all that good stuff. <laughs> I, I like I like I like the game because the game's won by ball players. And when you watch these three guys on film, there is a distinct difference between the type of athlete going after the ball on these guys' highlight reels and game film versus what we saw with Grinch. And so I want to make sure we touch that piece because some people might be saying, yeah, I thought I was going to be Bowen or I thought I was going to be Hicks. And by the way, those guys are still rubbing up. We're going to, those guys ain't going nowhere. Sooner Nation, we can go get those kids. But these guys matter, and I think they're going to be plus players for us. I wouldn't be surprised if one of them is a multi-year starter and somebody who who does you know, over and beyond what we'd ever imagined. And, well, and on, yeah. on that point real quick, you know, you're worried about three stars. We'll go watch Wine's tape and then go watch Reggie Grimes's tape from high school right after that. And tell me which one you think should be a four-star and which one should be a three-star. I think, you know, Wine's tape pops more than Reggie Grimes, who ended up being you know, in the mid 100s, maybe 150 composite. Um, but that was a potential thing that he couldn't reach. Wine just looks like a good football player. Yeah, I think, you know, it's a great point Damien makes. You know, Dolby is, like I said, he's from JUCO. He's the JUCO Defensive Player of the Year. That's the same conference as Coffeyville, Garden City, Hutchinson. So we're talking really good really good juco competition and then dolby also got like close to 20 division one offers including some power five offers from the sec the one i like to mention most is mississippi state who thrives on mississippi juco defensive talent for them to go to neo and offer a kid i, I think just says a lot about him hey guys this is kyle let me 
I was kind of, of course, digging into some of the data um, of what like BV was landing its first couple of classes. I know Barry had mentioned it in the past. So I wanted to kind of go back and look at what guys had with their recruiting ratings next to their name. Um, and so like basically 2012 to 16, I know he got there like right as 12 was kind of getting finalized because that's back in the old February signing day era. Um, but basically over that like first five years where he's really changing over the roster, he had 17 defenders drafted out of those classes. Um, so a little bit over three a year. But what's most impressive is 10 of those guys were the blue chip four or five stars, but seven of them were three star or lower guys. So like it speaks to what you guys were saying, go out and find that talent, go find those ball players. Cause I mean, his first couple of years, there were a couple D tackles, a couple linebackers, like low rated guys by the sites that they went out and found and turned into NFL draft picks. Now he was still landing you know, five-star talent, you get some Watkins, McKenzie Alexander, those types, and, you know, it's nice to at least see them play out. I think OU fans have had their fair share of disappointing five-stars over the years, uh, but uh, I think it's just, it speaks volumes that for really the entire era there, not just that beginning, even going into, like, looking at their current uh, starters and too deep. I mean, you've just got a multitude of these guys that don't have a blue chip little rating next to their name, and they're still either going to the NFL, they're starting for Clemson in a top five defense. I mean, before people get a little too down, like, oh, you know, these three stars that we're going to have to backfill, you know, because we couldn't land the five star. It's like, man, hold on. You, you don't know what these guys are looking for and the way that they plan to develop these players. I think it's it's going to be a sign of the new era in Norman for sure. That's such a good point, Kyle. I, you know, everyone in what is it, August twenty four seven or whomever it is comes out with their composite, uh, you know, blue chip rankings. And I remember this past year, it held true kind of over that same time frame when they looked at that. Clemson was the one school that outperformed their rankings, like every, like Alabama. Uh, you know, LSU, these programs, LSU underperformed, but like Alabama, Georgia performed right at what you'd expect. Like, hey, they got all these great players. They tend to perform on par. Clemson was that one school. Okay. For some reason, they overperform, right? And it's, to your point, like you could look at those great defenses he had. And yeah, they had some, some great defensive linemen or a great linebacker or whatever it might be. But there would always be these kids that you could look up and say, okay, who is this kid? I've never, you know, I don't, who's Tanner Muse? Like, I don't, you know, he's okay. He's like a three year starter playing in the NFL. He's like a two star, no star, uh, you know, big athlete that, that BV found, liked, developed, and, and goes on, and you know, like I say, is is gets them all ACC and is the NFL, and that kind of holds true throughout. You know, I think BV just does a a better job than most, and probably a little old school in that, right? Like buying football players. We talked about that last week, right? Like they want guys that are physical, and and you know mm -hmm. can run and those things. And I think uh, I don't know. There's something to be said for guys that are innately physical, and you know. To, to steal his line, right? Run into the fire. You know, there's uh there's uh sometimes that's you know, I don't know if you're born with it or not, uh, or if it's developed when you're young and you can't overcome, you know, what 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 that tendency gets developed, but some guys are just uh, a little bit more physical. 
Well, I'll bring up again, you know, watching Wine's tape versus um, Reggie Grimes's tape. Same state, similar talent levels that they're playing against. And one just pops. He plays more physical. He plays more sudden. Um, you know, I'll go back to the eyes again. You know, I thought I was very impressed with that. It's it's a big deal. And circling back to Clemson again, too, I think they're the first. I, I can't remember if it's the modern BCS era or the only college football playoff era national champion to not have a top five recruiting class on campus when they won. So that goes to speak, you know, they find the guys that they want, they need, they know they can develop. And next thing you know, Clemson becomes Clemson. Well, I even just to bring up the point, you know, it, we, everybody knows the Isaiah Simmons story with, you know, OU not even really sniffing around. He's just up the road and, of course, becomes what he becomes out in Clemson. But, heck, even just watching this season, while he may has not played as much as a lot of the OU fans have wanted, I mean, people forget Jaron Kanick was a low-rated three-star when Clemson came in and offered him, and then everybody else kind of started jumping on the bit, too. Um, his ranking obviously skyrocketed as his senior season you know, progressed, and more and more of those big-time offers came flooding in. But, I mean, they, they came in and they found him before anybody and I think we've all seen, I mean, it's that same kind of physicality of a player like him just kind of looks different on the field this year. All right, guys, well, we're going to jump ahead to, to talk about, we've talked about the verbals. We think that's some really solid, really good guys coming to Norman. Let's talk about the two five-star superstars that have been dominating OU recruiting news for like the last three months. So I'm going to throw this out here. You can only have Hicks or Bowen. Which one are you taking? I'm going to make Caleb for, I'm going to force Caleb to make a decision first. Caleb? <laughs> God, I don't know. I mean, you win games up front, but I will say like there is a case to be made for, for Bowen. And I would point to exhibit a being what Billy Bowman did with that pick on Saturday. Like that was just a guy with great instincts, being a fantastic football player, erasing mistakes by other guys, you know, you got a corner, like corners mess up, blitz up, both of them come, uh, should be an easy touchdown. Bowen sees it, has amazing range, closes it, picks it off. But yeah, I, I'm, I'll probably take the defensive lineman. Well, that's that's the Clemson model. If we're talking about that again, five-star quarterback, solid defensive line. And then you kind of fill in the rest behind a little pick and, 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 and take a knee or something. He, he wants to get busy. Both are important. Oklahoma, I mean, here's the deal. Oklahoma needs to be tackles, but give me Bowen. I think he's a pretty boy who plays like a dog, and that's what you like. The game is very uh, rewarding to people who just kind of have a bouncy personality and charismatic, and you can just sense on the field how much they feed off of him and his play. But at the end of the day, he's a dog. That kid plays hard. He plays you know, He plays mean, and he's he's got bad intentions. So, I mean, the, he's the playing right, answers, right. The right answer is the tackle, but give me Bowen. And he's playing right now with a broken hand, and you saw that pick six the other night. Talk about a dog. 100%. All right, Kyle, who are you going with? Yeah, I got to do Bowen, too. It, it just seems like, I mean, that, that Denton team is just outrageous having – Arnold on that side and then Bowen on the other. It just seems like they're just both alphas that they're going to do whatever it takes to win. And so 
maybe I haven't watched enough Hicks to see that come out in his film too. But yeah, it like they were saying, it, he's just a guy that erases mistakes. You, you need those special kind of players. Okay, that's that's a little surprising considering our fan base's obsession with five star defensive tackles, defensive linemen. That 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 we're going the our round table is maybe leading towards Bowen. I'm probably going to go with Bowen as well, but mainly for recruiting reasons. I think if you have as someone just the one dissenting voice. The, okay, go ahead. Yeah, I said I'm probably the, I'm just the one dissenting. Oh well, I would say nobody's you're not wrong. You know, to that point, like what what Bowman did, uh, and then to like Bowen, right? I think was it on Friday night? Highland Park's driving to pull within seven. He picks it off, runs back a hundred yards. The game's now twenty one. Like that's soul crushing to a team because now like you don't want to throw at this kid. My only thing is, uh, if the team can run the ball on you, you know, it's just as we've seen, it changes everything. Right. Like, you know, they're able to shorten the game. You know, they're able to get manageable. The playbook's open nonstop. If you've got a disruptive force on the interior, like you're pushing, you're collapsing the pocket, you know, in pass, but you're also shutting down their run game. You know, I don't know if Hicks is, is going to be that dominant of a guy. Uh, but if he is, if he is really, truly a five star defensive tackle, I, I would, you know, that would be my case for, for going with him. Hey, since we're on the topic, let me ask you guys this question. Because you just hit my main reasoning for Bowen. Does Hicks look like a Tommy Harris or Jay, you know, Gerald McCoy, who, man, when he lines up the first play, he's going to kick ass more so than Bowen looks like an Ed Reed or, you know what I'm saying, a transcendent. When I look at Hicks, he looks like, okay, they're going to pick, you know, four to seven really good D linemen, and they're kind of going to throw him in this, in this cauldron to see which one hits. Versus when you got a safety who's just different than he's almost the best player on the field. Every time you watch film, like, dude, the safety's the best player. I mean, he's just literally jumping off the page. I I feel like Bowen's a true any year five star, and Hicks is like, uh, he's one of the best four this year five star. And and by the way, that's no disrespect, you know. I think the but on film, he doesn't just jump off the page like Bowen does consistently. Punt returns, interceptions, key tackles. He he consistently is jumping off the page, so that's why I pick Bowen. Uh, well, I would not disagree with you at all, Damian. I think that's to your point. Uh, it's like kind of you know Bowen's other teammate Yates. It was it's been my kind of thing when OU was recruiting him. I was like every time I watch Geyer, I can't find the kid. I don't. I, I'm trying to find where is he. I don't see him. Not making a play, and Bowen's the opposite. It's like if the ball's in the air, that kid is picking it off. He's running it back. He's he's you know he's hammering somebody. Uh, yeah, and I, I would agree on on Hicks. Right? It's not uh, it's not the kind of film where you to pop it on and say, "Oh my god, uh, it's good." You know, it's top one of the best defensive linemen in this class. But uh, yeah, I, I think you're right on Bowen. He looks like one of the best safeties. The last, you know, insert, I don't know how many years. Like, he's really that good, it looks like, on tape anyway. Here's a frightening thing. To go back and to go in the way back machine, and this name may frighten Damian more than he, he wants to admit, but the last guy from the, the Dallas area, safety, that could have ended up at OU, that looked that's this good on film that I saw, is Tony Cade. D.K. 
Okay. Hey, man, he is a sweet. He he gets he gets an honorary sooner, man. Nah, we we got love for TK. We got love for the man. He was just going through some tough times, but but Tony he did was, not meet. But in high school, Damien, he was unbelievable. Oh, I, I I heard all the story. By the way, I heard all the stories, and I'll tell you a funny story. Their group was right behind our group. Maybe three four years. They talk so much head. Mind you, I'm still in my mid twenties, and I'm a guy who thrived on one on ones. We were in the middle of the street. Um, Brooks Avenue and Norman doing one on ones because they talked Tony K, Joe K. It was that whole little crew, oh five ish or old, I don't know the exact years, but they they talk so. Chris, how many of them you think could hold me at the line? How many of you think got their hands on me? I probably none. Zero. TC Joe K. Uh, uh, what's my man's name? He was a GA for OU. He left a couple years ago. He was he was deep hanging. He was AD roommate. Marcus Marcus Walker. There you go. From Waco yeah, to Marcus stud. He was a stud. Marcus, Marcus Walker with his shoulders. That was just a shame, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's funny you brought up TC, man. TC's a solid but, guy. But, I saw him probably seven, eight years ago. Oh, is he doing good? Because he was, guys, he was from Louisville. He was Louis Baker's teammate, if that name is a little more familiar with these guys. He in high school was, I mean, when OU signed him, he was going to be the next Roy Williams. Thank you all for listening to the Sooners 360 Roundtable. Just a little teaser today, but if you want to hear the rest, make sure to go to Sooners360.com, sign up for a VIP membership, and you'll get tons of access to exclusive content that we are posting each and every day. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Have a wonderful week.